Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey now. Hey now. And welcome back to the show where two childhood friends discuss their favourite childhood movies. I'm Emily Sandford. And I'm Barney Lee. And whether it's iconic lines, musical moments, or just questionable outfit choices, the films we'll be talking about on our show are unique in their own way. And this week, we'll be discussing Love Actually. Warning, this episode contains nostalgia and big love for Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. Poor Uncle Jamie. The whole family's <laughs> chanting. You know why they hate Uncle Jamie? Because he thought like cloves of garlic would make a good Christmas present. <laughs> what the hell, man? Where's my Scalatrics? Literally, I had a Furby on the list. Thank you. <laughs> we had to kick off our second Christmas classic series with the iconic British classic Love Actually. This is going to become a bit of a Richard Curtis, Bill Nye fan podcast today. So Settling, kids. <laughs> Buckle up. Don't do drugs. But in his case, do lots of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas. It's what? snow. We love Uncle Jamie. <laughs> so, Love Actually was released on the 21st of November 2003. So the film has just celebrated its 18th birthday. Wow. Which is the same age as Kira Knightley in this movie. Fun fact, she was only five years older than Thomas Brody Sangster. The little boy in Love Actually is only five years younger than married Kira Knightley. Is that not insane? <laughs> Emily's just staring into space. But to be honest, if you've seen him nowadays, he looks the same. He has chronic baby face. Wow. <laughs> Never had Botox that. If I do, I'm I'll just... ask him for the Brody. <laughs> so obviously, just a recap, Love Actually is about a group of Londoners kind of all interconnected. Yes. Set in 2003. And they basically show us that love is all around. So I'm very excited to record this podcast today. You know, I've got a good feeling about this. I can feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. We didn't even make it to best musical moment. (laughs) I know, sorry. Get that gin out of your hand. I blame Uncle Jamie. He makes me drink. Jamie, you are the reason I drink. (laughs) Yeah. Glug, glug. One fact that I really like is that Richard Curtis actually called Colin Firth's character Jamie, our favourite, because his brother's called Jamie. So he wanted his kids to apparently be like, I hate Uncle Jamie. (laughs) So you're telling me he invented this entire film just so he could have like a jab at his brother. (laughs) 
Emma Freud has tweeted this. So if it's come from his wife, then we know. Absolutely. So Liam Neeson in the movie plays a widower trying to get over the death of his wife. Mm. Tragically, just six years after this film came out, that story kind of became a reality for him. Um, He became a widower to his wife, Natasha Richardson legend one of my favorite actresses of all time amazing um yeah she died as a result of a skiing accident emma thompson who is not natasha richardson (laughs) even though they look exactly the same honestly sisters sisters she wore a fat suit for the role of karen in this now it says this on imdb and is this just to make her not supermodel actress thin i guess although she looked incredible in this film so where's the fat suit i don't get it whatever she slays i know we have martin freeman plays john our favorite body stand-in actor what are john and judy doing my understanding is that they're stand-ins for actors so that you know the crew can get the lighting right and the cameras right. right but Here's the question. Is the film that they're filming a porno or is it an actual film with a sex scene in? Surely, because I feel like a porno would, you know, would be a bit more... Seedy? Seedy? It was a beautiful location. Yeah, true. It's never really explained. No. I do love their relationship in this. Like, I do think it is so funny when they're having sex and they're just like, oh yeah, Junction 13 is really... It's really bad, isn't it? So That is the worst when you're like early for a Zoom call (laughs) and it's just you and one other person that you don't really know. Oh God, isn't it getting darker nowadays? Like, wow. Mm, I saw a squirrel in the garden earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Like, please. (laughs) Um, We've also got Hugh Grant playing the Prime Minister David and Martine McCutcheon as Natalie, the lovable Natalie. Oh. Fun fact about Hugh Grant he is second cousins with Thomas Brody Sangster, who plays 12-year-old Sam in the film. How bizarre. They didn't look like they'd be related. I don't see the resemblance. No. Hugh Grant does not have a baby face. Actually, if you're trying to get into the acting world, though, and then your second cousin is Hugh Grant, then a few doors are going to be open. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it hurt. We've got this role for you. <laughs> you're going to be a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> but I'm 20. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it for Uncle Granty. <laughs> I hate Uncle Granty. We've got Kira Knightley. Oh yes, I look rather pretty, don't I? If you want to do a Kira Knightley impersonation, you just have to stick out your bottom teeth <laughs> and say, "I look quite pretty." Don't I? <laughs> I mean, she does look pretty. She does look pretty, and always a claim to fame. Whenever we talk about Kira Knightley, we went to the same college as her. Mm, but she dropped out after a year mm. because she got famous. Yeah, and um, got money. <laughs> so in the movie, Kira Knightley is married to Chiwetel Ejiofor, who plays Peter, and his best friend Mark is played by Andrew Lincoln. And that is a whole love triangle situation that we need to get into later. Oh, honestly. I hate Uncle Marky. <laughs> I also hate that fleecy worse. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so patchworky. He's handsome, but that yeah. fleece is doing no favours. And like, what is that house? Does he live in a B&Q? <laughs> We've also got Laura Linney playing Sarah. Oh, she's so cute. Hi, babe. Coral. 
Oh, Carl. Oh. Carl is played by Rodrigo Santoro, who is the hunky accountant. Ooh. There's that lovely scene where he takes his top off. Thank you very much, Richard Curtis. He pulls off the um, thin-rimmed glasses really well. Not a lot of people can pull those off. No. What's grr in Brazilian? <laughs> oh goodness we've got chris marshall playing colin frissel colin big knob <laughs> how do you know he says it in the thing yeah, what did yeah, he say yeah. here comes colin frissel and he's got a big knob <laughs> oh my god i mean show me that deleted scene honestly we also have alan rickman playing harry yes yes <laughs> Yes. In this film, he has a Nokia phone, like the one that plays Snake on it. And I'm like, once a Slytherin, always a Slytherin. <laughs> We've also got Lucia Moniz playing Aurelia. We have Rowan Atkinson as Rufus, who is just so fun. I know. And um, the last people we should just shout out is Olivia Olsen, who plays American sweetheart Joanna. She also voices a character in Phineas Ferb. Which Thomas Brody Sanger also voices the character in. He's Phineas. No, he's Ferb. Um, I do like that thing that's been going around online saying that Sam and Joanna look like Harry and Meghan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You know? Sam and Joanna walked so Harry and Meghan could run. Honestly. So on top of the stellar cast, as if that wasn't enough, we also have some amazing cameos in this film. We have... Marcus Brigstock, Anton Deck, Joe Wiley, Michael Parkinson, January Jones, insane, Alicia Cuthbert, Claudia Schiffer, and Denise Richards. Any Housewife fans out there? Richard Curtis, he has got a black book filled of like the best contacts in the industry. Yeah. And the Claudia Schiffer cameo apparently cost $200,000. Like that was her fee. And it all kind of came about because Richard wanted to cast somebody to look like Claudia Schiffer. Because, you know, in the movie, Liam Neeson's like, oh, well, the only person I'd marry after your mum is Claudia Schiffer, blah, blah, blah. He couldn't find any actresses who kind of looked like her. He was like, oh, fine, just cast Claudia Schiffer. And it cost 200 grand. Oh, my goodness. Shall we go on to best supporting character? Yes. And then let's get pissed and watch some porn. Eh? It's in the film. (laughs) I promise. Okay. Before we can really get into best supporting character, I think we should touch on worst supporting character. Oh, there's a few in this film. (laughs) Well, we can definitely start with Mia, the demon office assistant. And we're saying that because why the heck did she wear devil horns to the Christmas party? Truly! Halloween happened three months ago. (laughs) What what are you doing? Not only is she the worst supporting character, she also has the worst taste in interior design I have (laughs) ever seen. Lilac walls. And then red geraniums. Sorry. The only person who can have a purple interior is the cast of Friends. And I will not be told differently. (laughs) That is so funny. I just thought, was she wearing devil horns because she was a horny devil? And the fact that... Harry was literally dancing with the devil. Oh, this all makes sense. But honestly, who the hell does she think she is? She's she's obviously awful at her job mm. because she's planning the Christmas party like with five weeks to go. And it's like, babe, venues get booked in advance. And then she kind of pulls herself out of her desk and just spreads her legs. And sometimes in life you, you want to do something and you're like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. She just goes for it. She saw what she wanted and it was Harry. 
the Carl is walking around your office. Harry, she just wants a big paycheck and a big dick. Big dick. <laughs> it's Christmas. That no, can because... slither into her. Yeah, that's why she spread her legs. <laughs> why don't I open the Griffin door so you can slither in? <laughs> also, another worst supporting character. Actually, there's two other worst supporting characters. One of them doesn't speak. It's the baby Jesus in the nativity scene. <laughs> Terrifying. Watch it and then come back to us. Why? DM us at Hey Now Hey Now. It's so scary. Why is it scary? It's like, baby Jesus, that's a scary <laughs> face. Anyway, the other person we should mention is obviously Uncle Jamie's girlfriend. Oh my God. The one that's sleeping with his brother. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got a cold. I just hope Uncle Jamie did the right thing and used a bit of first defense as he left the door. She is awful because... Not only is she paring off a wedding, but also she's shagging his brother. Hurry up, big boy. I'm naked and I want you at least twice before Jamie gets home. Ew, that's not sexy. Big boy. Oh my God. She also hates Uncle Jamie. We hate your red nose, Rudolph. (laughs) Okay, well, let's move on to some best supporting characters. And I think we should start with the wedding DJ who has been crowned the worst in history. Oh yeah, he plays Puppy Love and he's like, his one for the lovers. <laughs> and they got it. And it's not even the Osman version. It's the S Club Juniors version. <laughs> I used to love Calvin though from S Club Juniors. So. You know, he's gay. Maybe I have a shot. Yeah. Oh no, you have more of a shot than me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you can go out with Jay. Oh, oh he's Wait, which one was Jay? Oh no, Aaron. Oh no, Aaron was also gay. Is he? Everyone's gay. Everyone's gay in Ask of Juniors. Well, what do you know? It's Christmas. <laughs> I like the scene when the Prime Minister knocks on the door asking for Natalie and then she introduces them to the family and then she introduces us to, this is Uncle Tony. <laughs> oh my God. His spiky hair is like Sonic the Hedgehog. He's getting gold rings for Christmas. <laughs> For real. Yeah, I love her family. I think you'd have a nice evening with Uncle Tony and Auntie Lynn, you know? Yeah. Now, there are two people in Uncle Jamie's life. There's Eleanor, who is his kind of like housekeeper, really, at the beginning. She's assigning housekeepers to him. This is at his French villa. Yeah. And he's learning to type. Learning to type. When he's writing his crime novel. (laughs) Which Uh, sounds awful. I know. Crime, crime, yeah. Oh, crime, oui, oui. crime. <laughs> Not a crime fan. But we have to award best supporting character to Aurelia's sister, Sophia, also known as... Miss Duncan Donut 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! You can enjoy a coffee with her. <laughs> but she might also, like, kill you. <laughs> She's scary. She is scary. She's got a lovely cardigan. I'll give her that. And a nice ponytail. Reminds me of a horse. <laughs> And um, she's just so sassy because she's just so jealous that her sister has got all the love and attention and she's just sat at home. And her dad is trying to literally pay a guy to marry her. Yes. (laughs) That is not okay. I know. It's not. It's Portugal. (laughs) I would actually do anything to be Miss Dunkin' Donuts 2003. I mean, who wants to be Miss Universe? My hobbies are eating donuts. For my activity, I will eat a donut. (laughs) I mean, if Dunkin' Donuts want to sponsor this podcast, they are very welcome. But you can't because we have advertisers. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. ACAST. <laughs> I hate ACAST. I hate ACAST. I don't, obviously. And now a word from our sponsors. 
ACOS. <laughs> We're delighted to say that our gift card and gift wrap collaboration with the amazing British illustrator Zoe Spry has done so well. We've designed some Christmas versions for you. So if you go to zoespry.com, that's Z-O-E-S-P-R-Y.com. We've got Christmas cards. We've got notebooks that are perfect for stocking fillers. We've got Christmas wrapping paper. Honestly, this collection is incredible. Check it out now worldwide shipping and if you're quick enough it will get to you before christmas so enjoy life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right, so now we're going on to most iconic outfit. Now, the polo neck budget in this film must have been huge. <laughs> More than Claudia Schiffer's appearance fee. Steve Jobs' favourite film, Love Actually. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I noticed a lot of cardigans, a lot of heavy knits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, but, oi, ugly, ugly knit. Um, so let's talk about Juliet's wedding dress for a minute. Oh. At the time, it would have been very chic and like different because she had she had a feather in her hair. Yeah, it's actually a ostrich feather trimmed wedding dress. Wow. Mm. Well, ostrich feather is better than chicken feather. That's super true. If I've learned anything from Drag Race. Oh. <laughs> um, and then the zip is down the front. 
which is quite unusual, I oh. thought. Actually, speaking of this wedding, can we just take a moment? How has Mark hidden like an entire band in with the wedding guests? Like, you know, when they're walking down the aisle, they all pop up and start playing their instruments. Like, including three people in the front row are from this band. Wouldn't Juliet be like, uh, who are these strangers at my wedding? Yeah, reserve these seats for my family, please. Yeah, family are outside. Couldn't get a seat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine because the trombone man got a place. It's like bizarre. Love that scene. <laughs> we also just need to talk about Carl's awful haircut in this film. For someone so hot, how did they get his hair so wrong? I mean, it's not really an outfit, but it is a look. It's a look and it needs to come off, honey. <laughs> <laughs> just needs like one little snip, snip, snip. Yeah, it's just the back. It's too long. Yeah, a year into lockdown, I feel like every man on this planet was rocking the car. <laughs> Something that was quite iconic was Natalie's red coat at the end when she's greeting David at the airport. It's just such a look. Yeah, although her beret got slated in this website. Really? <laughs> yeah, they wrote, Martine McCutcheon very nearly escaped filming without having to wear a ridiculous hat. And then at the very last second, the white beret appears. <laughs> I'm sorry, white beret, red coat. Is she fucking Santa or what? Like, <laughs> what's this? I know. There's another hat moment. So, Sarah, our favorite. Hi, babe. <laughs> Hi, babe. Carl, <laughs> um, our favorite American colleague, when she's at the wedding, mm. she's not wearing a wedding outfit. She's wearing a bonfire outfit. Like, she's got this <laughs> fuchsia pink coat and then a purple hat, like, pulled over her ears. You know? In the church. Like, literally, she's off to bonfire night. I'd quite like to put that outfit in the bonfire, to be honest. <laughs> she looks like she's about to stand up and wave a sparkler. Why do these people get it so wrong? And if it's not that, it's that bloody awful long scarf she knit for her brother. <laughs> Sarah gets a few things wrong, babe. Come on. <laughs> Okay, another questionable accessory is Mr. American President. He wears this awful gold tie. And I don't know what it is about men who are important in society. They have awful taste in ties. For a president, I'm not digging it. And then after he's worn the gold tie, he changes into a purple tie, which is as equally awful. Presidents are weird. You know what actually is so funny? So Billy Bob Thornton, who played the, the president in this film, mm. he has this really weird phobia of antique furniture. Huh? So before the scenes that he filmed with Hugh Grant, he would be like, Billy, look over there. And it's like an old dress and you go, ah! And action. <laughs> really? Yes. I mean, everyone's got their, their thing, you know. For me, hardboard eggs. For Billy Bob Thornton, antique furniture. Did he watch Beauty and the Beast as a child? Does he think Lumiere is real? All I know is that he cannot watch Antiques Roadshow on his own. I bet when he goes to sleep, he gets like the Antique Roadshow song in his head. Like a dagger in the neck. <laughs> um, <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. I've got a phobia for those ties. Yeah. But most iconic outfit has to go to something that probably gets mentioned every single Christmas for the last 18 years. It is, of course, Kira Knightley's iconic denim Baker Boy cap. Penelope Pie? I made it. <laughs> we 
don't know what her job is. So she could actually be a baker. She could have made it. And maybe that was her uniform. Um, You know, fun fact. She actually only wore that cap because the day of filming, she had a big spot on her forehead. What? So the costume people were like, Quick, put this ugly hat on. How can we draw more attention to your forehead? You just filmed a scene in Selfridges. Go and get some Nars. It's not difficult. But it's so awful. It's brilliant. She saw it in the shop window and she thought, it looks quite pretty. <laughs> wow, it's just me in a baker boy. Yeah, Mark wasn't interested in Juliet at all. He was just filming her baker boy hat the whole time. <laughs> Denim fetish. <laughs> baker boy fetish. <laughs> So niche. I finally know what my niche phobia is. Denim big boy. <laughs> there is a lot of good musical moments in this film. I definitely have the Love Actually CD at home. So the soundtrack was curated by the music supervisor of this film, Nick Angel. We have a weird connection to Nick Angel, actually. Yeah, his son went to our college. Everyone went to Isha College. Anyone who was anyone went to that college. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. They can't be like... <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that is a fun fact. Fun fact. So straight away, we are blessed with Bill Nye singing, Christmas is all around me. Oh. And so the feeling grows. Oh, fuck, shit, bugger, shitting ass head and hole. <laughs> Start again. <laughs> I love Bill Nye. Yeah, and the song kind of crops up many times in the film, so you just never get sick of it. I'm just glad he beat Blue, to be honest. Actually, am I? I used to love Blue. <laughs> Do you know? Did you love Blue or did you love like Simon? Simon? <laughs> I think it was like a Simon thing, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't going to be an Anthony Costa thing, was it? <laughs> <laughs> they love a Costa in this film at Heathrow Airport as well. Do you know what? That Costa has stayed there for all these years. It's still there. How? It's the worst coffee chain. I'm sorry. I'm not planning on being sponsored by Costa Coffee, so I'm going to speak the truth. Who likes Costa Coffee? Nobody. No. Costa Fortune. <laughs> so true. Honestly, Cafe Nero all the way for me. Oh, same. We've got some amazing throwbacks in this film. Anything from... Bye bye baby, baby goodbye. Oh. Bay City Rollers. My mum loved those. So that was the funeral song. It was. An interesting choice, but what Joanna wants, Joanna gets. Do you know what? Our elderly neighbour who passed away. Now, side note to the podcast, me and Barney grew up on the same street. And she had, at her funeral, there's no business (laughs) like show business. I mean, Pixie, you're a darling. Pixie is a... Oh, I said living legend. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> She's a legend. She's a legend. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, bless her heart. We also have Joni Mitchell. Obviously, that's a very important plot point. Um, so we hear her song River. And then later, Karen is listening to both sides now in the bedroom in that iconic scene. Um, I wanted to be sad, but all I kept looking at was like that bed throw. Honey. I don't know what made me more sad. (laughs) Throw that bed throw away. (laughs) At the wedding, we also have All You Need Is Love. And that was performed by Lyndon David Hall. Love, 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 love. 
of love. There's nothing you can do that can be done. Do, do, do. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. How amazing. Yeah, I love that. And we also have God Only Knows by the Beach Boys that closes mm-hmm. the entire film, which is such a good song. We can't obviously forget the golden oldie for a golden oldie. Obviously, when David, uh, <laughs> the prime minister, is dancing to jump for my love. Jump in! Do, 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 and, and feel the touch. touch. Now, this was performed by the Pointer Sisters, but remember Girls Aloud recorded their own cover? And I was gutted when it wasn't their version in the film. Like, come on, guys, show some respect. And I love that bit when his assistant's standing there and he's like, move the Japanese ambassador for four o'clock tomorrow. Yes, okay, sir. (laughs) So I have a question about that scene. Like, obviously, in the beginning, he's listening to the song in his bedroom Mm. and he's, you know, starting to dance. But then he's dancing all around 10 Downing Street. But the radio's still in his room. How on earth is he hearing the music, like, down the stairs and through the hallways and all the way in, like, another room? Like, he's just dancing to himself number 10 has to have some sonos right <laughs> who knows who knows i wonder if boris johnson does that hope he dies <laughs> <laughs> we also have some amazing i would say modern day hit but this was 2003 music um but they are still classics we have that dido song which is like i can't breathe until you're resting here with me we also have Two Lost and You by the Sugar Babes. Now, was it you who told me that the Sugar Babes is the exact opposite of the Spice Girls? Sugar, Spice, Babes, Girls. Are you serious? Is that not crazy? Who is even in the Sugar Babes anyway? Like, I'm sorry, Sugar Babes died when Heidi left. Sugar Babes for me was Heidi... Mucha and Keisha. Yeah, yeah, the classic. But the original Sugar Babe, so it wasn't Heidi, it was Siobhan. Mm. They are like up and at it. Really? Yeah, they're back. Really? Why did Siobhan come back? Money. There's nothing you can do that can be done. Now for our American listeners who are like, um, I don't remember the song, you would be correct. Because in the US version of Love Actually, that track was replaced with Kelly Clarkson's song, The Trouble With Love Is. So the US were never introduced to Sugar Babes in this film. And actually Richard Curtis felt so bad about that, that in his later film, About Time, he made sure that a Sugar Babes song went into that. (gasps) And an extra fun fact, God, I am stacking on top of it today. Heidi from the Sugar Babes went on to name her daughter Aurelia. Wow, (laughs) are you serious? Insane. We can't not mention kind of the climax of the film where Joanna sings at the school Christmas concert where she performs Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. And apparently on the first take, she almost sung it too well that they had to be like, can you sing it a bit worse? Just to make it a bit more like believable. Yeah. Mm. So And they had to add a lot of like breaths in between to make it not sound so amazing so pitch perfect she did such a good job anyway and i like when she's like and you and you and you and like sam's like still playing the drums like are you kidding (laughs) i fucking learned the drums for you this kit costs 400 pounds but (laughs) best musical moment has to go to the carol scene where david and terry go to the dodgy end of wandsworth and they carol sing with the kids. Please sing for us. Please 
thing for us. They're so demanding, these kids in Wandsworth. Yeah, I... <laughs> they know what they want. <laughs> they are the dodgy end of <laughs> Wandsworth. No, because they're like, you know, are you singing carols? And he's like, no. Please, please. And then David's like, well, I suppose I could. Please. He fucking said yes already. Why are you still asking? <laughs> Let him sing. Honestly, you better pay me for these carols. Yes. So, you know, David starts off. Good king once less, less looked out on the feast of Stephen. And then Terry, most <laughs> iconic driver ever, chimes in. When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. And David just kind of turns around and is like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Wow, I know. And the kids are loving it. Like, they're just dancing in the hallway. Fist pumping. Where are your parents? I know, imagine your parents just, like, walked into the hallway and just saw you with the Prime Minister (laughs) going, all going when so... Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Only in Wandsworth, right? Yeah. Watch out, people of Wandsworth. Boris Johnson's about. (laughs) So we're here at Best Quotes. And I want to start off with an amazing one with Emma Thompson's character, Karen, and her daughter. <laughs> so, what's this big news then? We've been given our parts for the nativity play, and I'm the lobster. The lobster? Yeah. In the nativity play? Yeah. First lobster. There was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus. Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I mean, I feel like over the years, the story of Jesus is just going to change. So at one point, there will be a holy lobster. Yeah. Who were you in the nativity play? Um, I was actually Mary. <gasps> I was Mary um, in the Mexican version of... <laughs> <laughs> what? We basically did the nativity play from all around the world in our class in Mexico. Me and this guy called Anthony were Mary and Joseph. And it was called The Baby and the Bread. Because apparently, forgive me if I'm wrong, but they hid baby Jesus in some bread. No way! Yeah. Mexican listeners out there, can you please DM us and verify this information? Because I want to hear that story. And if I've made that up, I'm so sorry. <laughs> because no one wants to put Jesus in a piece of bread, you know? <laughs> you don't know how he tastes. No. No, I was Joseph in the Nativity play. <gasps> so in another life, we could have been married and had a baby. Oh, so I've got one and it is from Billy Mac. Legend. Legend. Rock legend. He's on TV and he's like, Hi kids, here is an important message from your uncle Bill. Don't buy drugs. Become a pop star and they give you them for free. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ant from Anton Deck is like, Okay, and we're going to a commercial break. <laughs> Anton Deck were amazing in this film. Always have had good comic timing. Yeah, no, they were complete naturals. Mm. I love when um Deck says to Billy, uh, Billy, I understand you've got a prize for our competition winners. And Billy goes, uh, yes, I have, Aunt Ordeck. It's a personalised felt-tip pen. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Frissell is such an iconic character in this film. He just brings that kind of like light-hearted comedy to the movie, doesn't yeah. he? And there's a scene where he is a waiter at Peter and Juliet's wedding. Yeah. And he's going around with this tray of food and he goes up to a woman who's standing on the the side of the room and he goes food she's like no thanks and it's dawn from gavin and stacy yes. and obviously stacy's in this yeah. 
lovely reunion. So she goes, no thanks. And he goes, yeah, a bit dodgy, isn't it? Looks like a dead baby's finger. Well, tastes like it too. <laughs> I'm Colin, by the way. I'm Nancy. Wicked. <laughs> Remember when people said wicked? Oh, God. <laughs> what do you do, Nancy? I'm a cook. Ever do weddings? Yes, I do. They should have asked you to do this one. They did. <laughs> God. <laughs> Wish you hadn't turned it down. I didn't. Oh, Colin, he has no luck with the British babes, does he? No, not at all. I love when he actually is like on his way to America. And Tony, he just does not believe in Colin at all. Like He has no faith in Colin. But Colin proves us wrong. Yeah, have faith in your friends. Honestly. So there's that really amazing bit where they're in the car driving and Colin's like, exciting news. What? I bought a ticket to the States. I'm off in three weeks. No. Yes. To a fantastic place called Wisconsin. No. Yes. Wisconsin babes. Here comes Sir Colin. Woohoo! No, Cole. There are a few babes in America, I grant you, but they're already going out with rich, attractive guys. Natone, you're just jealous. You know perfectly well that at any bar anywhere in America contains 10 girls more beautiful and more likely to have sex with me than the whole of the United Kingdom. That is total bollocks. You've actually gone mad now. No, I'm wise. Stateside, I am Prince William without the weird family. <laughs> no, Colin, no. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Props to him. He has a dream and he just does it. He goes out, does the damn thing and he gets rewarded. So mm. props to him. Go on, Colin. Had a big knob after all. Yeah. <laughs> so Natalie serves the tea and chocolate biscuits, but she also serves some good lines. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, she does. Oh, yes. Um, there's that moment between her and David when they're kind of like first meet, not first meeting, but have kind of got acquainted and he basically asks her if she has a boyfriend and um she says he said no one's gonna fancy a girl with fires the size of a big tree trunks not a nice guy actually in the end ah you know um being prime minister i could just have him murdered thank you sir i'll think about it do the sas are absolutely charming ruthless trained killers are just a phone call away (laughs) I mean, that is a bit of a flex. <laughs> she should take him up on it. A hundred percent. There's also the scene when they are first introduced. So David says to Natalie, hello, Natalie. Hello, David. I mean, sir. Shit. I just can't believe I've said that. And now I've just gone and said shit twice. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. It's fine. It's fine. You could have said fuck and then we would have been in real trouble. Thank you, sir. I did have an awful premonition I was going to fuck up on my first day. Oh, piss it. Um, there's another back and forth between Harry and Sarah. So Harry kind of knows, like he's basically telling her that it's completely obvious that she fancies Carl and everyone in the office knows about it. Yeah. Excuse me for my uh, Alan Rickman impersonation. Here we go. Tell me exactly, how long is it that you've been working here? Two years, seven months, three days, and I suppose, what, two hours? And uh, how long have you been in love with Carl? <laughs> Our enigmatic chief designer. Um, two years, seven months, three days, and I suppose an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> I thought as much. Do you think everyone knows? Yes. Do you think Carl knows? Yes. <laughs> Are you Snape from Harry Potter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that doesn't happen, but anyway, you know, it kind of goes on with that, you know? Yes. 
Oh my gosh. So there's that. Um, we have to talk about the part where Colin's in America and he's with like the American dream girls. Yes. Eyes. <gasps> I want a night with them. So- not, not sex, but like the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so they're sitting in that like American bar and um, Stacy. So she's the one who plays the mum in Mad, Mad Men. Men. January Jones. January Jones. Um, she's like, what do you call that? Uh, bottle. Bottle! <laughs> what about this? Uh, straw. Oh, straw! <laughs> what about this? Uh, table. D- oh, the same. Uh, it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was on IMDb. Colin Frissell didn't get paid for that scene when he got like seduced by the girls. What? Well, it says on there that he returned his paycheck for the day because he had such a good time having three girls undress him for 21 takes. Oh, okay. Is that a bit gross? I feel like it's a bit gross. Like, like take just, the paycheck because then it's the... more like your job. Yeah. I think he was trying to be funny by returning a paycheck, but it's just take the money. I hate Colin Frizzle. <laughs> I hate Colin Frizzle. I hate Colin Frizzle. <laughs> <laughs> There's that scene where David is meeting Natalie's family for the first time because he's literally turned up on her doorstep. And um, he's saying like, oh, well, can I have a word with Natalie? And they're like, oh, well, we're just, you know, on our way out. And Natalie's mum, bless her, she's like, it's a school Christmas concert, you see, David. It's the first time all the local schools are joined together, even St. Basil's. And Keith will be very disappointed the octopus's costume's taken me months. Eight is a lot of legs, David. <laughs> but we should award best quotes to this very scene where Natalie is coming down the stairs. And Emily, will you please do the honours? Oh, yes, I will. Where the fuck is my fucking coat? <laughs> I'm not joking. I actually say that when I'm like leaving to to go out the house. Where the fuck is my fucking coat? (laughs) (laughs) So it's such a small line, but oh, it just carries so much weight. I know. So really, like, I feel like she's not a match for the prime minister, but she is. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So good. So shall we go on to can we discuss? Hold on a sec. Fucking note. Okay, next we're moving on to can we discuss? And I think that the elephant in the room is that some of these relationships are a little bit problematic. And I thought maybe it might be worth quickly kind of running through just to acknowledge them that, hey, we see you. But we also understand that this film was made 18 years ago. So. Mm-hmm. You know, attitudes are a bit different. Yeah. Um, so let's start with Daniel, who uh, Liam Neeson plays. And he helps his son go so far as to stalk his classmate to the airport. And he actively, like, encourages criminal behavior. Like, he's like, go through without a boarding pass, like, bypass security, all of this stuff. And, like, he doesn't even know how Joanna feels. She might just be friend zoning Sam. And, like... Fair enough for her. He's never spoken to her in his life. So, like, how would she have a crush on him? Yeah, he might get to boarding and then she's like, no, you're five years younger than Kira Knightley. (laughs) 
You're too old for me. But you look too young for yeah. me. <laughs> In some weird kind of timey wimey. I don't know if I'm tripping on like all the glitter that was on my uh, on my school nativity outfit. But uh, maybe I am. Oh my gosh. So that was crazy. Obviously, we have Juliet being at the center of this love triangle between Peter and Mark. Actually, it can't really be considered a love triangle because in order for that to happen, Peter needs to know about Mark's feelings. Mm. And like, so he's completely unaware. We're supposed to think that Mark's huge confession to Juliet with, you know, the, the big signs and the music is romantic. But like, can I just ask if Peter would have opened the door instead of Juliet? How the hell would have Mark got out of that? Like, how would he explain himself? Would he be like, oh, I bought you a CD player for Christmas? (laughs) Like, where's the box? (laughs) I know. And I just don't understand why she kisses him. Right. She's not interested. She doesn't owe him anything. I know. It's just like, you have just cheated on your husband. You got married like five days ago. Yeah, literally. Literally five days. And that Baker Boy hat is making her up to no good. (laughs) She's got a lot of secrets under that Baker Boy hat. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, we have Harry. He's so blatant in his infidelity. He is literally dancing with the devil at the Christmas party in front of his wife. He's awful. And obviously that necklace scene is just so heartbreaking. Oh, we actually need to discuss that because that is the most heartbreaking scene in cinematic history. (laughs) You know what's more heartbreaking? What? The ugly design of that necklace. (laughs) Okay, true. (laughs) But like, she might want to divorce him after she got that necklace. It's so sad. And she just kind of like gets on with her life. Like I know obviously stuff like that happens in families, but that is just so sad. It is really sad. Like you have such hope when she finds the necklace in the coat pocket and then she finds the wrapped present under the tree. And of course you'd put two and two together. Yeah. And then the reveal that it's a Joni Mitchell best off CD, which she probably owns anyway because she's a Joni Mitchell super fan. Exactly. Like, oh, this is a really personal present that I've got you this year. You went to HMV <laughs> and got the six ninety nine Joni Mitchell album. <laughs> I'm offended. And then you got this lover, a £250 necklace. Yeah. If I was Emma Thompson... I'd be marching back to Selfridges and asking Rowan Atkinson for a bit of those lavenders and the <laughs> scoop of rose petals yeah. and the cinnamon stick. And yeah. I'd throw it in his face. Yes. And a bit of holly because he's a bit of a prick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, there's some interesting characters in this film. You know, it redeems itself. We have Jamie and Aurelia. We have John and Judy. And obviously David and Natalie get together at the end. Although, how is Martine McCutcheon considered fat in this movie? Like, a hundred different people call her fat. It doesn't make sense. She cannot be bigger than a size eight. And also, if she is fat, so what? Life is too short to say no to the caramel syrup in your Cafe Nero. Yes. Preach it, sister. I know that things nowadays appear problematic in this film. But there are some things from 2003 that I do really miss. Oh, yeah? I really miss Frosted Flakes. You know when Karen and Daniel are talking in the kitchen? Yeah. And like in the middle, they've got this Waitrose brand Frosted Flakes. I just miss the days where we didn't realise that that was bad for us. 
<laughs> do you know? Like we yes. are so like now, you know, there's just so much to be scared of. Do you know what I mean? We know so much that we just can't enjoy some cocoa pops in peace. I don't even know the last time I had cocoa pops. Same. I'm like shamed for buying cereal. I know. And like frosties and ricicles. It was just a delicious time in our lives. The good old days. Yeah. Okay, here's a question I have. So the dream girls, the uh, mm. the group of American girls that Colin meets in in Wisconsin, they claim that they are so poor that they all have to share one bed and they can't even afford pajamas. Cut to their massive house that is like fully decked out with Christmas decorations. Like priorities? Mm. Why are you spending money on light? Buy another bed. True. <laughs> So apparently in the lake jumping scene, when Jamie and Aurelia jump into the lake. Yes, to save the manuscript. Save the manuscript. Um, the water was actually only 18 inches high. Oh. Yeah. So like, obviously it looks so deep, but they were actually on their knees in there. <laughs> so they were like, oh, you know, like pretending. Yeah. How crazy. Oh my gosh. And that amazing line is from that scene. There better not be eels in here. I can't stand eels. And then Aurelia says in Portuguese, try not to disturb the eels. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's so good. Obrigado, Aurelia, because that was really funny. <laughs> also, side note, who is using a typewriter in 2003? I know. It's like one of those things writers do to romanticize themselves. We had computers in 2003, didn't we? That's what I'm saying. Like... Come on. So on the subject of these questionable choices, should we get on to some trivia questions? Question one. Do we hate Uncle Jamie? I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. (laughs) Okay, here's an easy one to start us off. What does Colin say his yellow rucksack is chock-a-block full of? Condoms. Yes! Yes. At Christmas time, that would be really funny if he had done an advert with Jurex. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so my question to you. Daniel's really concerned that Sam isn't really leaving his room and he thinks that he might be injecting something into his eyeballs. What's he concerned that he's injecting? Heroin? Yes! <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't think we should be celebrating this. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, heroin! <laughs> Become a rock star and you'll get there for free. Oh, God. (laughs) Can you tell me the name of the radio station that Billy Mac interviews at? Radio Watford. Yes! Yes. BBC Radio Watford. This is another one about Sam and Daniel. Okay. So when they're sitting on the sofa watching Titanic, Mm. they're like putting something into their mouths. You know what it is? A toothpick. Yes. Yes. It's good to floss. So when Karen's children are practicing for the nativity play at the house, do you know what toy they've put in the manger to act as the baby Jesus? Yes, Barney the dinosaur. I love you. (laughs) You love me. (laughs) Correct. Yes. I am Jesus, one, two, three. (laughs) That is how it went. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now put me in a slice of bread. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feed me to the camel. Okay, so my question to you. When Uncle Jamie (laughs) is driving back from Marseille, he put some some items in the back of his Saab. 
car. Ah, thanks. <laughs> Staring at you blankly like, mm-hmm. I'm gay. I don't know these things. <laughs> There's three things that he puts in the back of the car. Um, Bottles of wine, mm-hmm. garlic, cloves. Yeah. And cheese. Yes. Yes. We. Oui. <laughs> Who invited Billy Mac to a Christmas Eve party after he got that number one hit? Elton John. Yes. It's actually Sir Elton John. Oh, sorry. My apologies. <laughs> Sir Elton John. You don't get the point because of that. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Prince of sunglasses. <laughs> okay, John takes Just Judy home. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me the number of her house? <gasps> or is it... Okay, in keeping with the profession, I'm mm. going to guess 69. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, no. That is so inconvenient. Uh, no, it's 21. Oh. I don't know what position that is. Can we actually Google <laughs> sex position 21? One second. Okay. Sex position. I'm really scared. Oh, it's called the snowdrop. Oh, explain. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it really quick. And actually, maybe we can speed this up. Okay. And then if you guys are really perverted, you can slow it down. <laughs> Anal sex doggy style from behind. Kneeling man on top, rear entry. Ouchie. <laughs> but festive. The snowdrop. <laughs> Always bringing it back to Christmas. <laughs> it's what Jesus would have wanted. <laughs> Old King Winston <laughs> went to town on the snowdrop evening. <laughs> Here's my final question to you. So when Colin goes to Milwaukee, he meets four lovely girls. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me their names? Don't kill me, Richard Curtis. Is one Stacy? Yes. Is one Christine? No. Kelly? These are just like generic <laughs> like Midwestern names. <laughs> Kellyanne. Oh, Carol Ann. Correct. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Ann. <laughs> Genuinely is one. That's amazing. Um, I don't know the other one. Oh, no. That is so inconvenient. So there is also Jeannie and Harriet. Oh, yes. The sexy one. And at the end, Colin brings back a friend for his friend, Carla, played by Denise Richards. Wow. So the word actually is said how many times throughout the film? Twelve? No. Oh, no. That is so inconvenient. 23. 23 times? 23. 23 times throughout the film. Well, I would not have got that. Richard Curtis, congratulations. I actually love this film. Oh, she said it. You know? She said it. I wonder how many times we said actually in this podcast. Um, You guys can listen to the pod and do a tally. Yeah, or tally how many times we say iconic, iconic. <laughs> There's always that fear that you're going to say like a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, nerves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't think of a better film to kick off our Christmas classic series with. I hope you're in the mood because we have three more amazing episodes coming your way in the run up to Christmas. So dropping in your subs like Santa dropping down the chimney. Dropping a turd down the chimney. <laughs> Only if you've been bad. <laughs> 
And you know what? In between those Mondays, make sure you are following us on Instagram at Hey Now Hey Now because you will be served some amazing Christmassy memes to kind of get you in the spirit. And also, we're delighted to say that our gift card and gift wrap collaboration with the amazing British illustrator Zoe Spry has done so well. We've designed some Christmas versions for you. So if you go to zoespry.com, that's Z-O-E-S-P-R-Y.com. We've got Christmas cards. We've got notebooks that are perfect for stocking fillers. We've got Christmas wrapping paper. Honestly, this collection is incredible. Check it out now. Worldwide shipping. And if you're quick enough, it will get to you before Christmas. So enjoy. To make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you hate Uncle Jamie, leave us a five star review. I hate Uncle Jamie. Five star. (laughs) Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad. And I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland. And you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.